You're listening to Comedy Central. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Superman in the comics, they're like gonna change something up and Superman will now be bisexual. And people are losing their minds. One of my favorite things I saw online was someone was like, this is ridiculous, this is unrealistic. And I was like, I'm sorry, the guy who comes from another planet and is weak because of green stones, that guy, that's, him being bisexual is unrealistic. Let me tell you what's unrealistic. What's unrealistic is Superman being straight. That's unre- Why do we assume that an alien person will come in and have the same gender anything as us? Like, what's more realistic is Superman coming down, saving people. Thank you, Superman. Thank you. Then he's like, yeah, now I'm going to smash that donkey. Wait, what? Yeah, that's what we do on my planet. Nah, 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 nah. We're not cool with that, Superman. I don't know where you're from, and thanks for saving my life, but this is some bullshit. Coming to you from the heart of Times Square, the most important place on Earth, it's The Daily Show. Here's the Tonight, Kyrie gets ejected. You're right to say the And... Phoebe Robinson. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. We kick things off with some big sports news. And no, I'm not talking about Kyrie Irving. We'll be getting to that later. I'm talking about how last night, the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, John Gruden, was fired from the team. And now, usually, if a coach is fired in the middle of the season, his team must have been playing, like, really, really badly. You know, like the cheerleaders started rooting for the other team bad. But Gruden wasn't fired over how his team was playing. No, he was fired over some emails that he wrote to a colleague 10 years ago. Now, you might be wondering, how bad could an email be that gets you fired 10 years later? Well, this bad. Last week, it was learned Gruden used a racist trope to describe NFL Union Chief DeMaurice Smith in a 2011 email, writing Dumborius Smith has lips the size of Michelin tires. Then the floodgates opened last night with a New York Times report detailing even more troubling emails showing Gruden using offensive language to insult NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, also calling the league's first openly gay player Michael Sam a queer, disparaging players who protested during the national anthem, panning the hiring of female referees, and mocking league efforts to reduce concussions. God damn, this dude hit everybody. Blacks, gays, women, protesters, brain damage victims. It's almost like he was competing in a cancellation decathlon. And I, and I can't believe I have to say this, but, but people, people, you should not be writing racist emails. Just get up, walk over to your coworker's desk, and say the N-word in person. It's called human interaction, people. Have we forgotten this, huh? At the very least, though, be more original with your hatred. I mean, black people having big lips? Seriously, dude? Like, if you're gonna be racist, at least think of something new. I mean, y'all ever notice how white people are obsessed with ceiling fans? I don't know if it's true, but at least it's fresh. Here's what I don't understand, okay? Why is it? that it's always the worst people who are super motivated. 
Like most of us, most of us, we would struggle to even write this many emails, much less racist ones. But then Gruden was pumping out racist emails nonstop. This guy was getting spam emails from Crate and Barrel, and he would write back, you know what bothers me about Nelson Mandela? I'll tell you what bothers me about... Dulce? Hmm? Sorry, are we, are we still rolling? What's, hap what's happening here? Did you? Yeah, um, I'm practicing for a game show. And I was like, ooh, a great way for me to be able to practice when I should be on a game show is to be on a show and then hit a buzzer and be like, bam, you know, in front of the cameras and stuff so I don't get nervous. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. You were practicing for a game show mm -hmm. during this show? A show. Yes. Yeah, but this is my show. You don't need to do... What are you doing? Wow. Wow. Our, our show. There's a lot of people that work here. No, I, you, you are right. You I are work right. here, it too. It is our show. But I'm saying I'm trying yeah. to do the thing now, and then, like... Oh, we talk about another white man being racist? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was like, oh, no, I can't believe that this white man did the thing that they always do. Yeah, but it's, he's the coach of a thing. It's, so... Listen, all he did was take notes in a locker room. White people ain't that original when it comes to racism. Yeah, but it's still newsworthy because like, he, he, did, he said the wrong thing. Ten years ago. So you think he changed? No, I think he got it worse. <laughs> My question is, why are we only finding out now? Why are we only mad at him? What about the person who sat on these emails for ten years and waited? So my question is, who was he sending these emails to? Who was he sending the emails to and why was they sitting on them? You need to ask the assistant coach. You need to ask somebody who would benefit from his job. I'm not saying he wasn't dead ass wrong. I'm just saying the racism he said, Michelin, lips like Michelin tires was racist 10 years ago. In 2011 when he typed it to his friend, his confidant. <laughs> it was racist, why you wait? Oh man, I feel like you've just gotten some more people fired. Um, no, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But thank you for that. I mean, the, the, don't don't do this thing. But but that was great. So I can't hit this again. No no no. Just yeah. Oh, I, oh. Just don't. And you know, you can practice when we're done. Let me let me just do this thing, and then we'll be done. Um, anyway, um, let's move on to our next story, which is about sex. You know, it's the thing you do when Netflix is down. Now, not to brag, but uh, I've had sex before. <laughs> At least. Seven times. I mean, eight if you count that, uh, that dream. But one sex term I've never heard about before, this story, is called stealthing. I don't know if you've ever heard of this term. Apparently, it's when a guy secretly takes off his condom during sex without telling his partner. And not only is this a thing, it happens so often that they had to pass a law against it. California just became the first state to outlaw stealthing or the removal of a condom without consent during sex. Lawmakers say women and gay men are increasingly victims of stealthing. In a study two years ago, 12% of women said they'd been a victim of stealthing. And another study found that 10% of men admit they've done it. Okay, people, what the hell is wrong with, with guys? Like, a condom... It's like a safety harness on a roller coaster. You need to wear it the whole time, especially when things get crazy at the end. Like some men are so greedy. You already got her to have consensual sex with you. Why you gotta sprinkle in the crime? And the fact that 10% of men admit to doing this means the real number is way higher. Like that's the truth. It's like when Fifty Shades of Grey came out and no one admitted to reading it. Well, it made half a billion dollars, so someone here is lying. 
or one person is reading it a lot. And look, man, this should be a crime because sex is all about consent. If you're doing anything that your partner doesn't want you to do, that's a violation. I mean, that's why before I have sex, I always ask my partner, is it okay if I picture the green M&M? They have to know that. Dulce. Hello. I thought it would be fun to have a woman's perspective on this stealthing thing, considering that I would probably have to deal with it. Well, yes, definitely. Um, again, the buzzer wasn't necessary. I'm, you could just I, like, I mean, I'm just saying, but no, please go ahead. I am concerned about this, mainly because I have a tendency to sleep with undesirables. You know, the broke, um, mainly the broke. And so I make, a, I make a conscious choice to not make people with them. Because, you know, you can't have the broke shooting the club up because their aim is very good. Well, that's, that's what a lot of people are complaining. I've never heard it phrased that way. But I'm a Christian. Yeah. A, 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 lot of, a lot of women have said, listen, yes, I liked you. Yes, I liked you enough to have sex with you. But what you've done now is you've taken away my choice in this matter because I did not consent to you, A, I mean, just for like STDs and everything, but then also B, right. because like you're saying, now I might have baby issues. What if we're in Texas? Now I just have to have a baby because you like took over a condom? Look, you know what I mean? You tried to take a condom off your ashy dick and didn't ask me. So this is something you always have to worry about, Trevor, because it's like, because if you really want a man to sleep with you, like if you really try to make make people with this man, you're not going to tell him to put one on anyway. I'm learning so many things right now. I mean, I live a wild life. I'm a nice lady. All right, well, finally, let's do what you've probably been doing with everyone you know for the past two weeks and talk about Squid Game. And in case you're the one person who hasn't seen it, Squid Game is like the Hunger Games if everyone was sadder and older and like a thousand percent more Korean. In fact, Squid Game is now on track to become the most watched Netflix show of all time. Which is pretty wild when you think about it because unless you're Korean, you have to watch it with subtitles. And I mean, I never thought the most popular TV show ever would be a book. And honestly, the popularity of the show isn't just measured in ratings. You can also see it in everyday stuff like this. The popularity of the new Netflix show Squid Games is giving a big time boost to shoes. There's been nearly a 10,000% spike in demand for white shoes, according to new data. More specifically, Vans slip-ons. It's believed that people are buying these up to craft their Halloween costumes. Like, like who is looking at all the costumes in Squid Game and saying, you know what I really need for Halloween? Those crazy shoes. See how crazy those shoes are? That's what I need. It's a very practical-minded trick-or-treater, it feels like. You know, like some people will look cool in their slutty ghost Halloween outfits, but when are you ever gonna wear it again? You know, you can wear those shoes all the time. All the time. But I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that Squid Game has become such a popular Halloween costume. I mean, everyone wants to pretend just for one night that we're living in like a, like a dystopian world where people make life or death choices because they're trapped in debt. That's like a cool, crazy idea. Hello? We are living in that world right now? Oh. Oh, that's the whole point of the show. Oh, oh, now I, oh man. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. Yeah, nope, totally get it now, totally get it. All right, I love you too, bye. Sorry. Yeah, listen, 
See, what I just said was hello in Korean because everybody getting all excited about these Korean shows. You're late. You're late. I've been watching Korean TV shows since I was in high school, baby. Atlanta, KTN, keeping me in Korean drama since 1997. Have you seen Mr. Queen? No. Have you seen Rookie Historian? No. You want to wear a real outfit, watch a historical drama, buy some hanbok, and get your life together. Out here with raggedy-ass shoes, looking like a broke mobster. Stupid. Because you in debt? Come on, son. I, I was Get a PPP loan like everybody else and fix your shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how PPP loans work. No? <laughs> but I don't think anybody's... I've never heard anyone being told to get one. Everybody got it before, why not? They were, it looks like they were doing absolutely no research as to if people had businesses or not. I mean, anyone could just claim to have a business. Yeah. yeah people were just like, I've got a business. Right. And then they didn't have to submit any type of paperwork. No. I wish you the <laughs> I wish you the best of luck on your game show, Dulce. Yeah, um, come to find out I'm doing the prices right, so I didn't even need. All I really had to practice the phrase was one dollar. Well, you know what? I think we both still got something from this. Truly. I, I enjoyed the surprise. Gracias. And uh, thank you for putting me on more Korean shit. Kamsamnida. All right, that's all the time we got for headlines. Let's jump straight into our main story about the COVID vaccine. You know, the miracle drug that almost eliminates your risk of death from COVID and lets Dr. Fauci record your dreams. So let's catch up on the latest news on the vaccine in our ongoing segment, Vaccination Nation. Back when the vaccines first came out, demand for them was huge. They were basically harder to find than a Republican congressman who admits Joe Biden won. But not enough people wanted to voluntarily save their lives. So then the problem became how to convince the holdouts to get vaccinated, which is why recently everyone from the federal government to airlines and hospitals have been introducing vaccine mandates. You wanna work here, you gotta get the shots. But it turns out people don't like being told what to do. It's the same reason that when Moses first brought down the Ten Commandments, everyone immediately started coveting each other's wives. Well, I wasn't gonna cover Terry's wife, but now that you mentioned her, damn. And for everyone who doesn't want to be forced to take the vaccine, the governor of Texas is definitely on their side. Governor Abbott is going up against President Biden issuing an executive order banning COVID-19 vaccine mandates. The governor says no entity, including private businesses, can require the vaccine for employees or customers. In a statement, the governor said the vaccine is safe, effective, and our best defense against the virus, but should remain voluntary and never forced. Okay, that's an interesting tactic. I mean, it's a little weird that he knows the vaccine is our best defense, but he still wants to let people opt out. We want to give COVID a fighting chance. Wouldn't be sporting otherwise. And you know, it, it's, it's funny how Republican governors like Abbott always say the government should never tell private businesses how to do things. And then they do just that when it's in their political interest. You know, it's like that one friend we have who's like, I think we should try and be vegetarian, unless it's the popcorn chicken. Yeah, that, I mean, meat is murder, but in this case, pass the hot sauce. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie. I've always found it weird that governors in America are like mini presidents. This is a very strange thing to me coming from another country because the president of America, the president of America issues a mandate. And now this guy who's in charge of a piece of America gets to undo what the president said. 
Like, can you imagine if a manager at Kinko's said, all right, everybody, let's uh, make these copies. And then the assistant manager was like, nah, B, we producing Viagra now. Can you, can you do that? Well, that's for the courts to decide. Yeah, we're making dicks hard, yo. But hey, as it stands, right now in Texas, you can't get mandated to have the vaccine. But here in New York, it's the opposite. And you know who just learned that the hard way? Kyrie Irving, the Brooklyn Nets star and one of the only people who can wear a shirt that says Brooklyn without looking like a tourist. He's been refusing to get vaccinated, even though that means he wouldn't be able to play in his home arena. So today, the Brooklyn Nets told him that if he doesn't play home games, they're not gonna let him play any games. And just guess, just guess how much that's gonna cost him. And now to breaking news involving Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving. The team has decided that their point guard will not play or practice until he gets vaccinated for COVID-19. Irving was last seen at an outdoor practice over the weekend at Brooklyn Bridge Park. He is expected to lose, get this, about $380,000 per game if he doesn't get a shot. $380,000 per game, per game. Yo, to put that in perspective, it would take Elon Musk 1.3 seconds to make that much money. I don't think that worked, actually. Yeah, I need to stop measuring things in Elon Musk. That really doesn't help. But I actually respect Kyrie for this, man. You know? Because that's how you know he's doing it on principles. Right? He's like, I'm willing to lose this money because this is what I believe. Because there are some anti-vaxxers out there who are just doing it out of spite. You know, they hate Fauci, they hate Biden. But I bet if you offered them $380,000, they'd be snorting that vaccine all day. They'd be like, Fauci! And it's funny how it seems like the Nets were quick to suspend him too. You know, this is one of the problems with being on a super team like the Nets. Any other team would have begged Kyrie, you know? But this, it takes away all your leverage. He was like, what are you gonna do if I don't play, huh? Rely on Kevin Durant and James Harden, two of the greatest scorers of all time? Uh, yeah. Damn, I didn't think of that. Now. What's, what's really crazy about this is that the vaccine hesitators are saying that there hasn't been enough time with the vaccines. That's why they don't want to get them. But it's already been so long that people who got vaccinated early are now getting booster shots. Yeah, unvaccinated people are getting lapped right now. And you'd think that would motivate them to try and catch up, but apparently it is just making them even more hesitant. According to a Kaiser survey, the confusion over the booster just reinforces the unvaccinated population to stay, well, unvaccinated. One unvaccinated man in Ohio told the Times, quote, it seems like such a short time and people are already having to get boosters. And the fact that they didn't realize that earlier in the rollout shows me that there could be other questions that there could be out there. Okay. You know, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I can see where many of these people are coming from. Right, just think about it. You told me this was the greatest vaccine of all time, but now 10 months later, I've got to get a new one? I mean, we expect that from Apple, not medicine. At the same time, though, there's nothing unusual about needing a vaccine booster. And not just vaccines, everything on Earth needs a booster. It's not always a conspiracy theory. Nothing lasts forever. You know, sometimes I think these are the same people who would walk in on their family eating dinner and be like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Didn't y'all eat yesterday? I'm starting to think this whole food thing is a scam. And by the way, it's important to remember that vaccine hesitancy is only a problem in the rich countries that have the vaccine. Because right now there's countries all over the world that can't afford it. And they're looking through the window at the buffet like, 
oh, could you please bring me out a French fry and a vaccine? In fact, some people have been saying that the pharmaceutical companies should share the vaccine formula with developing countries to allow them to produce it more cheaply. And today, one of those companies, Moderna, responded to that by saying, and I quote, hell no. Moderna now refusing to share the formula for its COVID vaccines, dismissing calls for the company to do so in order to boost supply in poorer countries. The chairman and co-founder of the company saying that instead of sharing the formula, it would be more reliable and efficient for Moderna to scale production itself. Okay, look, man, I get it. Moderna is a business and they want to make money themselves, but at least come up with a better excuse, you know, like that the vaccine formula is an old family recipe. You can be like, oh, I'd love to give it to you, but my grandmother brought it with her from the old country, you know? And be like, Yo, the vaccine was invented last year. Yeah, my grandmother, she just got here last year, but it's an old family recipe. And yeah, it is a business, but their product could also save millions of lives. And you just wish that they would want to use their powers for good. I mean, imagine if superheroes had the same profit motives as these pharmaceutical companies. I can tell you now, those movies would be hella different. Help me, Superman! How much money do you have? Uh, not much. Bye. <laughs> Actually, I... I kind of like that movie. All right, those are all the vaccine updates we have. Let's take a quick break, but when we come back, Michael Costa will learn how to swear. You don't want to miss it. Love the Daily Show Ears Edition? Then help us get to know you so we can keep creating the content you love. Go to cohst.app slash TDS or click the link in this episode's show notes to fill out a quick two-minute survey. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Welcome back to The Daily Show. Americans love free speech, or at least they say they do. But what happens when someone's speech goes too far? Well, Michael Costa found out. Freedom of speech. It allows us to say things like, my boss is a giant dimple on legs without having to fear any consequences. Right? Is that right? And sometimes the fight for our First Amendment freedoms is fought by the unlikeliest heroes. My name's Andrea Dick. And back on May, the weekend of Memorial Day weekend, I, on that Friday, I put flags up, as you can see, that say, F Biden. Andrea Dick, who lives near a school, decked her home in profanity lace signs critical of President Biden. After Mrs. Dick was fined by the Roselle Park code officer, she took the town to court, lost, and then appealed. A legal battle that cost both sides thousands of dollars and led to a lot of mean Facebook comments. I see six flags, seven if you count the yes, I'm a Trump girl, get over it. Why are, why are these seven signs so important to you? Because I feel honestly that Trump won this election in 2020. I literally think it was totally stolen from him. You know, I kind of knew you were a Trump supporter because I see that uh, you have the bust of his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, on your front step there. What has Biden done to you? Let me tell you something. In the last four years, well, now it's passed. We were making money at my job. Everything was going great. 
We had tariffs on China, Canada, all over. So then why don't the signs say Trump won the election? Because I can't find anything with the election I unless see. I go okay. and have it made. <laughs> you didn't have these printed? No. Where were they printed? Believe it or not, China. So maybe Mrs. Dick's free speech was imported from communist China, but how could the mayor of Roselle Park, Joseph Signorello, an American, justify trying to silence her? I mean, I would say less silencing, more trying to make sure people are good neighbors, especially around children. If she had posted a sign up that said, I disagree strongly with Joe Biden, would you have come after her? She's had up like pro-Trump signs plastered all over her house for the last three years, which is totally allowable by our local ordinances. But the code states that you can't have um, explicit or offensive material, a poster or any kind of signage outside of your house. Wait, so the, the issue you have isn't with the message Biden, it's with the actual word Yes, it's inappropriate, you know? So, so you got uh, curse words in front of little kids mm -hmm. um, and you got families that need to explain what the F-bomb means. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. First time I heard the word was from a third grade New Jersey elementary school student. Roselle Park's snowflake mayor might be afraid of adult expression, but Mrs. Dick was determined to keep fighting for the use of her favorite four-letter word. Well, the judge asked me to take down one, two, three, three of the signs. Yeah. Anything that had in it, he wanted me to take down. Yeah. And of course I didn't. One of the complaints is that these kids, these poor elementary school students, they're seeing such profanity here. Come on. They hear it at the park. They got the trash music going. Trash music like, like Stomp when they play the garbage can? No, and they start cursing. You know what I'm oh, talking okay, about, that yeah. rap shit they listen to, okay? Okay? okay. DJ Karen's deep knowledge of rap music was unexpected, but would she be willing to do what many successful rap artists do and put out a clean version of her signs? How would you feel in order to protect your neighbor's kids if we hung this one up instead? No, I don't want that on my fence. Why not? Because I'd rather say F Biden, because that's how I feel about him. So why would I lose my First Amendment right and give in to them? That's why I fought it, because it was my First Amendment right. After a local heavyweight lawyer got behind her case, Mrs. D won her appeal. But what kind of wise guy defending fast-talking Jersey law shark had she found to represent her? The ACLU is the American Civil Liberties Union, and we serve to defend everybody's constitutional rights, regardless of the views they hold and regardless of who they are. Oh shit, it's the motherfucking ACLU? But why would they take this case? We're worried about the implications for everybody else, right? If you can't say Biden, then you won't be able to say Trump. The future president, Ted Cruz, Don Jr., Ivanka Trump. That's right, and, and you know, usually in our work, the people that we're representing are disfavored speakers or marginalized groups, Black Lives Matter protesters, immigrants' rights protesters. And we recognize that in order to protect that speech, we also need to protect speech that we disagree with. So the F word plus Biden was protected speech, but the town's rules were actually equating the F word to the idea of people F wording each other. Was that also protected? The ordinance that the city was trying to enforce here deals with obscene content, pornography, right? Mm -hmm. and, and nudity and things like that. But it can't be attached to something that has political value. The test is about making sure that we are protecting political speech every step of the way. So 
I can't display a video of myself in Roselle Park having sex. That would be a violation of obscenity. But what if now I'm wearing a Joe Biden mask? Is that protected now because it's the government? You'd have to ask an expert to look at the video before you put it up to determine whether or not it would violate the law. I have the video in my pocket right now. Do you, do we want to, do you want to watch it and we can figure that out right now? Uh, maybe off camera. So just like my satirical and arousing video, Mrs. Dick's sexually inappropriate but clearly political language was protected by our beloved American freedom of speech. You know, the fact that you can even hang this up and be protected legally, I think is a sign that this country is still kicking some ass. But I'm still not taking them down until Biden's out of okay. office, 2024. Okay. Then you can come back to me. Are you being a little bit of a dick? If that's what you want to call it, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Michael. All right, when we come back, the hilarious Phoebe Robinson will be joining me live in the studio. So don't go away. Love the Daily Show Ears Edition? Then help us get to know you so we can keep creating the content you love. Go to cohst.app slash TDS or click the link in this episode's show notes to fill out a quick two-minute survey. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is stand-up comedian, actor, and best-selling author, Phoebe Robinson. She's here to talk about her new HBO comedy special, her third book of essays, and disrupting the publishing industry. Phoebe, welcome to the show. Hi, I saw way more impressive through your accent. I'm like, oh my God, who is this woman? It is an impressive resume though. I mean, even, not, even if it's not in my accent, it's really impressive. And I'd love to know, what is the end goal? Are you, are you, are you trying to Oprah this thing? Are you trying to Shonda Rhimes it? Are you trying to like, what, what is the end goal for Phoebe? Because it feels like you are moguling this thing one day at a time. Yeah, I would love to be the baby of Shonda and Oprah. Okay, She's like okay. a super black baby who's like <laughs> out here <laughs> dominating everything. But no, really, I just like have a lot of fun creating and I really think I learned so much from Two Dope Queens and just how much Jessica and I were really creating a platform for other people to get right. their stuff out there. So I really am like, oh, this is so cool. So I want to do more of that. I love how all of your books turn into something, you know? Yeah, um, your books are great to read. You, 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 you know what I love about reading your books is they sound like you hanging out with me but on a page. Yes. That's what it always feels like when I read your books. Oh, thank you, you know? so And this much. one is no different. Please don't sit on my bed in your outside clothes. Mm -hmm. Sounds a little bit like something my mom would say to me without the please. <laughs> my mom wouldn't say please at all. This would be an instruction. So the book is essays from your life, how you think, how you see the world. I love that part of it is you just giving us lessons. Like, like one of my favorites, I paraphrase, is basically like what Warren Buffett hasn't told you. Yeah. This could have been an email. Just like how to be a CEO. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, we live in a world where for a long time, many black women were, were you know, in many ways restricted to certain roles. You know, it's like, oh, you can only do this, you can only do that. You can't be running things. Slowly, we've seen those things change. It hasn't completely changed, but we're seeing the changes that take place. You're one of the success stories. What have you learned in a world that wasn't necessarily designed for you, but is now in some way, shape or form being shaped by you? Oh, wow. To think that I'm like shaping anything feels... I will happily take that compliment. Thank you so much. I think, 
You know, all the industries that we're in, you're an author too as well, they're predominantly white. And so you get a lot of pushback initially. And then sort of once you become a little more known or a little more proven, the doors open up a little bit more. And so I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from this is like, just don't let anyone's no stop you. I know like it's hard to persevere at times because you're just kind of like, I don't know, I'm like trying, I'm trying, I'm not getting anywhere, mm -hmm. but I'm always like, I feel like we've always proven people wrong. And so that's been the biggest thing. It's like, don't doubt yourself. Like, don't trust that outside person and tell you that you, like I had so many people tell me like, I'm not fine, that I don't have what it takes, blah, 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 all these things. And like, look at where I'm across from you with your perfect skin, <laughs> your perfect fro. And I'm talking about a book I wrote. I mean, come on. That's a win. I think a lot of people can write a book. Not anyone can become a New York Times bestseller as you have. And even fewer people can start their own imprint. I've never even thought of that. I yeah. genuinely was just like, wait, Phoebe's, you, you're going to be the imprint now? <laughs> Tiny Reparations? Greatest name I've ever come across, Thank by the you. way. <laughs> what's, what's the plan for that? What are, you, what are you hoping to achieve? Yeah, we're, we're highly curated. So we're publishing three to five books. We have five books coming out next year and then five more in 2023, right? Yes. Um, and I'm really excited about it. It's literary nonfiction, sorry, literary fiction, nonfiction, mm -hmm. essay collections, and some poetry, which I'm very jazzed about. And I just wanted it to be a place that would make authors feel welcome and they wouldn't have to go through what mm. I went through back in 2015. Like, only one publisher, my publisher Plume, said yes to me. Everyone else was like, your book won't sell. It's not relatable. Nobody wants to read books written by funny black women. Like, got so much negative feedback. In 2015, I was wow. like, there's no way that I'm going to, on my watch, anyone's going to say anything like that. Before I let you go, I have to talk to you about one of the most exciting moments in a comedy person's life. Yes. And that is doing their solo special. This is big. I mean, this is, this is Phoebe. Yeah. On HBO, just you. What is the balance of like nerves versus excitement? I, that was like always, when I started stand up, it was do late night set on Letterman. That uh -huh. didn't happen. Half hour special on Comedy Central. That didn't happen. One hour special, HBO. So I feel like my dream has come true. I wow. was very nervous because I was just like, you know, it's like Chris Rock and Wanda right, Sykes right, and Margaret right. Cho. Like, I'm going to be in this group and it feels like, LOL, do I belong? But it also was really sort of like I put in the hard work and you know how it is like yeah. when you, you do your first special you feel like everything is riding on it because you like you dreamed about this moment for yeah, so long yeah. so I'm really excited I think people are going to love it and I really wanted to be something light and uplifting during this time because we are all so weary and tired and I want people to just laugh for an hour I mean, That's all. I mean, we're just going to watch you turn into like a super mogul and yes. we're just going to enjoy it. Yeah, and I'm not going to talk to you in 10 years. I'm like, Trevor who? I, I like that actually. <laughs> I like it. I would like it if everyone I meet now doesn't talk to me in 10 years because they're that successful. And I'll just wave from far and be like, Phoebe, <laughs> remember the hair. No, I don't. Well, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> Thanks for being here with me. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Phoebe's book. Please Don't Sit on My Bed in Your Outside Clothes is available right now. Her HBO Max comedy special, Sorry Harriet Tubman, will be available October 14th. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Love the Daily Show Ears Edition? Then help us get to know you so we can keep creating the content you love. Go to cohst.app slash TDS or click the link in this episode's show notes to fill out a quick two-minute survey. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, 
please consider supporting the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center. It's a native-led, nonprofit organization dedicated to ending violence against native women and children by offering culturally grounded resources, technical assistance, and training, and policy development to strengthen tribal sovereignty. If you want to support them in this work, then please donate at the link below. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, if your partner tries to pull off his condom midway during sex, you staple it to his penis. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central, and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. But this is bad news for Duyin, because if kids can only be on for 40 minutes a day, then the only... That siren in your ears? Yeah. Hold on. Mm. Sounds like it's unsure of itself. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a Yeah, now it's confident. Now, now they know it's a crime. Yeah. Yeah, when the, when the sirens are far, it always sounds like someone called the cops, but they're not sure. They're like, I think something's getting robbed. And then the guy in the car's like, woo, 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 woo. Then they're like, there's a gun. My favorite thing they do in New York is like, I think they know that, because New York is like one of the only cities in the world where the siren doesn't actually do anything. Because the traffic is so jam-packed, no one can go anywhere. So like in New York, they'll come and they'll be like, bah, 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 bah. but then they just like, you can tell they, they also are used to it. Cause then they'll just be like, I always imagine like if you, if you're in an ambulance in New York and like you have to get to the hospital one minute, it's like, everything is serious. It's like, and then all of a sudden you're in traffic like, ah, ah, and then you're just hearing the thing. Like, guys, I'm, I'm still dying. Yeah, but the traffic's bad. But look, look, man, either you're making it or you're not, man. But I'm, I'm enjoying my day, all right? I can make it sound like a dog sometimes. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.